0: Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, damen und herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town.
1: (laughs) What? That has got to be Uh, the strangest uh, intro. Hello there, friends. I'm Jim Harrington, and welcome to It's Another Day.
2: And
0: I
1: am
2: Bill Knight mesdames, son. Mesdames. Yes, yes. He I've hits had a, a few of those before.
1: He hits them all. You gotta, you gotta love Gene Wilder. He really yeah. does. How you doing today, my friend?
2: I'm doing well. I was just, you know, going through the news, uh, sifting through the news. It, you know, sometimes going through the news is like uh, going through your yard with a pooper scooper. You know, to clean up <laughs> the dog's <dollars> mess. <laughs> That's that's. I just need a bigger bag. That's
1: that's more true than <laughs> than not. Oh my gosh, uh, there are so many things happening. You know, you go to bed at night time. You think, okay, you got everything covered for the the next day. You wake yeah. up and find out that something happened overnight that uh, just changes everything. Uh, t- today is I want to start the program off with something interesting, some audio that uh, I got very late in the day, and it was from a hearing that had a mother of two sons who had died from a fentanyl o- overdose in I July know, of 2020. This, this poor lady, if you didn't feel for this lady, then you just weren't, you have no soul, okay? This, this is a special lady who has gone through uh, just a terrible tragedy. Two of her sons, uh, and they died not knowing they had fentanyl, okay? Okay. Um, kids do the damnedest things, and they go to parties, and friends say, hey, "You got to try this." And in a spur of a moment, a kid can take a pill, thinking that it's something harmless, like an aspirin or or anything, oxycodone or something like that, something that will give them a high, and but still they won't die from it. But nowadays they're lacing this stuff with poison, fentanyl. And kids, yeah, and, and kids are dying. You know, I heard a statistic, Bill, and I can't get over it. I mean, more people have died from fentanyl this year uh, than we lost in Vietnam, the Iraq Wars, and Korea combined. And we're not at war with China. Yeah. We're not at war with China. 100,000 100, people. Uh, I'm going to let uh, this lady, her name is Rebecca Kiesling. And uh, she makes a point that you got to, it's so true.
3: If we had Chinese troops lining up along our southern border with weapons aimed at our people, with weapons of mass destruction aimed at our cities, you damn well know you would do something about it. We have a weather balloon from China going across our country. Nobody died. And everybody's freaking out about it. But 100,000 die every year and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. (laughs) 100,000 Americans every year are having their children, 200,000, because it's both parents, right? Are having their children taken away from them. This should not be politicized. It's not about race. Fentanyl doesn't care about race.
1: God bless that lady, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, a terrible tragedy in her life to have the courage to get up there in front of Congress and to summon all the power that she had to summon so that she could make her point and, and do it through the tears and the heartbreak what a wonderful lady that lady is and uh i have bad
2: news for her and that that is the hurt never goes away the hurt will never go away you learn to accept but that's a tough pill to
1: swallow yeah i i i can only imagine most people can only imagine i know you've gone through a personal experience that uh you have a better understanding of how she feels. Uh, a person, yeah, and understanding. you know what?
2: I will, I will say, a lot of kids are innocent. Some kids are pulled in to where, and when I say innocent, I know your child could get have that forced on them, and they have they had no control or knowledge.
1: Peer pressure, and you lose
2: them, and you lose them, and the person that may have forced forced it on them mm-hmm. was. You know, drawn into a world and thinking that they were doing something good, yeah, uh, and and they were doing something very evil. Uh, I do believe in karma. In in my situation, uh, the young man that uh, did something like that and did it to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. it ended up getting himself at a party in in Virginia, and uh, then he went to he just showed up and everyone thought he was the you know he was just a nice kid. Yeah. and maybe he was, but he had a problem and uh, fentanyl, it doesn't care. It just kills.
1: Well, I gotta tell you, uh, the mother, uh, her heart was broken, and everybody in the room, I'm sure, had a a handkerchief out or a tissue or something because uh, she was you if you didn't empathize or sympathize for that lady, you weren't listening. But then again, last night, Biden's at a, uh, a convention, a conference, a caucus, and he's speaking at the Hyatt Regency in Baltimore, and he's stumbling and mumbling through his remarks, but then he makes a remark about this lady's comments. I want you to listen very carefully.
4: She, she was very specific recently, saying that a mom, a poor mother, who lost two kids to fentanyl, that I, that I killed her sons. Oh my God. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration.
1: (laughs) You hear that at the very end? He laughed. Yeah, he laughed. And let me me explain
2: something. Joe, just so you understand, Joe, you were in the administration before Trump, Joe. It was Trump that was trying to shut down the border. It was you and Obama that opened things up, and you had the drug thing going on then. So Joe... It does sit on your front porch. You did it.
1: Let me tell you something, Joe. Another thing that's very important. The president only needed, I forgot the exact figure, but it was a paltry amount of money to finish the wall, to do the wall totally. He didn't need a lot of money, much more, much less money than you're throwing at the war in the Ukraine. I mean, I think it was like he needed. billion or $4 billion to do the wall in its entirety. And you and the Democrats gave him the hardest time. No, you didn't want the wall. You didn't want the protection. You didn't want to stop that stuff from getting into this country. As a matter of fact, I believe in order for him to do it, he had to circumvent Congress and use funds from another source altogether To get the wall going, and even with that, as soon as you became president, you, you, I won't say it. I got to be careful because there, there are family show. Yep, there are kids listening, maybe and uh, women, and you should. But it gets me all riled up, you know. You know, if there's one reason, one reason alone, to get rid of Joe, get rid of Kamala,
2: get rid of every Democrat that wanted to put down that wall. That wall is the reason, and fentanyl. Is the underlying score to that? That is that. Get rid of them because mm-hmm. that means they don't care about your kids. And you heard Joe laugh at 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 that mother and the loss of her kids.
1: What if it was your kids? You know, she didn't. She didn't give that figure to Congress and to the president. Uh, she didn't surprise him with that. She didn't say a hundred thousand die, and everyone in the room went a hundred thousand die. Wow, I didn't know that. That's a figure from the government. They all know. They all know that 100,000 people died last year and the year before, and the figure keeps going up. They all know this. But they don't do anything about it. They don't stop it. You know, I keep hearing people saying most of the people coming across the border are military-aged single men. Why? Why are they military men Military aid single men. Are we allowing uh, some kind of uh, army, maybe, to come across the border to uh, do something nefarious in the future? Just you know, s- sit the, by the wayside. There way are something? more
2: questions than answers. There are more questions mm-hmm. than answers. And it's a pretty sad day when you have more questions than you have answers.
1: Yeah. Well, my heart breaks for that lady. I, I don't know how anybody could say anything to make her feel better. Uh, all I can say, believing in God, is I believe God is is good and God probably welcomed both of her sons uh, into his arms because God knows why they did it. You know, God knows. They're his children. Yeah. So you
2: know what? Joe at some time is going to have to answer to the supreme parent, and that would be God. And, you know, how's Joe going to answer to that?
1: You know, in case you missed his laugh, you weren't paying attention, I want you to hear, hear it, it again. again. Listen.
4: She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother, who lost two kids to fentanyl, that I, that I killed her sons. Oh my well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration.
1: <laughs> That's a sinister laugh, too.
2: Yeah. Like, oh, what, you were setting him up? Yeah, no, no, Joe. It would, but it was. It might have come out during that time, but it, the order was was placed during your administration and Obama's administration. Yeah, so it's your bad. No matter how you slice that cake,
1: it's it's hard to uh, look at that guy at, without feeling some anger. Uh, he he hasn't done a thing, not a blessed thing, since he's been in office. And if you voted for this guy. You're part of the problem too. Maybe you did it innocently. Maybe you really weren't paying attention. You just knew that you were a Democrat and he was too. But he's not the kind of Democrat you probably grew up with. This guy is a he'll do anything, anything for power. Well, let me let me let me explain it this way.
2: It's 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 the competition of two politicians. Now you got Trump, you might hate Trump. But I can tell you this about Trump. During his administration, he really tried to do the right thing, the good thing, all the way through. And you got the media there poo-pooing him. All the negative memes were out there, the things from before. Now, you had Joe. He was trying to, but he was doing all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. He did previously before he ever got into the, the White House as vice president and then as president. But he's always been on the side of bad and evil, deceit, and corruption. He's always been in it for a buck. He's a liar. He care.
1: A con- he's the consummate liar, Bill. Been yeah. lying since he was a young man.
2: And if you don't believe it, go look it up. Look at it. I think it was 1987-88 when he was running for president. And he got caught. He lied about everything. He lied about speeches that he said he did, and he didn't write those speeches. He lied about his education. He lied about...
1: Friends. He's a racist. Bill, I was just going to say that he's lied about his positions, like with regard to race. One of his closest friends was Senator Richard Byrd from West Virginia, who was, uh, at one point, uh, a high-ranking member of the Ku Klux Klan when he was a younger man. Um, People don't change all that much. And I don't think Biden was... Uh, terribly accommodating to minorities in his early uh, political... No, he
2: wasn't. He never has been. And you know what?
1: Uh, he he even
2: lets things slip out. Now, well, I may be white, but... You know, yeah, wait, I heard that. Minute.
1: He said that yesterday, the day before yesterday, right, Bill? Yeah, day before. Yeah. yeah. He, he is a racist.
2: And don't be fooled by it. He is a racist. Yeah. And he is... He's the top dog in the Democratic Party, so, you know, if I'm a Democrat, and I'm not, but if, if I were a Democrat, I'd be going, wait a minute, that doesn't reflect my values. So why do I have this guy in charge? Let's get rid of him.
1: Yeah. You get know, a the, new
2: candidate in there.
1: You know, he's been making a lot of gaps recently. A couple of days ago, he was speaking, um, and he was talking about nurses, Did you hear about this, Bill? Oh, gee, I heard. Yeah. Listen listen to this. I
4: heard it. And I had uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. And go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving.
1: Now listen, he said this a couple of days ago, right? And people say, "Well, it was just Joe making a, uh, a mistake with an old oh, story." No, 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 no.
4: But no. he did it before. He he did this a few months before. Listen. And Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. <laughs> she'd whisper in my ear. I didn't couldn't understand him. She whisper, She'd lean down. He'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I that there was a connection, a human connection. She went home and brought back her pillow. You know,
1: I've been in the hospital, and you have too, and I have been around for a while. I have had plenty of nurses take care of me. Never once in my life has a nurse leaned down and, what, breathed in his nostrils? I never (laughs) had one either. Some you go,
2: hey, come on, breathe on me, This guy, he just
1: can't help himself, Bill. He can't help himself. It's like... He'll take the seed of a, a, a truth. Maybe, maybe the seed was he was in the hospital. That may be the seed. I was in the hospital, and a nurse came into my room, and nobody was there, and uh, the door was closed. And I mean, he just embellishes it. What was that guy who used to do the liar on? Was it Saturday Night Live? Who was?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's you know, the ticket. That's the, that's the ticket, ticket. Yeah. I forget his name. Yeah, Doesn't Biden remind ticket? you
1: of that? Really, yeah. truly. Yeah, that's a ticket. A nurse came in and she breathed in my nose. Yeah, and I liked it. <laughs> that's a ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, anyway, this is our president. But boy, he uh, there's still talk in Washington like, you know, there will be a Biden second term. God help us. I don't think we're going to make it. I don't know that
2: we could make it to the election for the second term.
1: (laughs) I was just going to say that. I don't think we'll make it. It, Well,
2: you know, speaking of that, I'll just throw it out there because I don't don't see how this would work. But, you know, they're talking about the Democrats want to jettison Kamala. What's she going to do? Go back to the Senate? And then there's the talk that, well, Biden will be out of the picture. Trump will be out of the picture. And it will be a Kamala-Pence race.
1: That the day I wake up oh, and I see that ticket, gosh. I'm in hell. A Kamala <laughs> pence? You mean they'll be running against each other? Against each other. Oh man, talk about talk about mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who do I vote for? Dumb or dumber? dumber? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh you 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 gotta pray for our country, folks. You gotta pray for our country. And like you were saying about Trump. You may not like Trump. A lot of people don't like him because of his personality. He has a a, a strong ego, and he, he he's proud of what he's done. But, you know, he ha- the difference between Trump and every other politician out there is everybody promises stuff. The only difference is Trump delivered. Even when he was being attacked by the, the left during his presidency, when they were going after Russia, 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 and all that stuff, you know, and uh, what the... Uh, when he, they they accused him of urinating in a bed in mosque, I mean, all this garbage it was made
2: up. that came from uh, that was shifty shift, wasn't it? Well, it might have been him. I thought it was uh, the uh, steel do- steel dossier. I, I yeah, think. but I thought it was a guy from uh, the UK.
1: Steel, yeah,
2: yeah, that made all yeah. that stuff up. It was all made up. Yep, and uh, you know, like, oh come on,
1: you know, it was a lousy script that nobody would have ever produced, but yet it had legs in Washington, which will give you an idea. But the difference, again, getting back to Trump is with all this uh, nonsense going off around him, he still delivered on most everything he could. I mean, he made the economy better. He did things like uh, he increased the tariffs on China and brought in billions of dollars of revenue into our country, something which, by the way, Biden eliminated when he got into office. He stopped mm-hmm. the tariffs because he wanted to make his buddies in Beijing happy. Uh, yeah. th- this, is a, uh, this is a bad guy that we have in office right now. And whether you like Trump or not, you know, they talk about DeSantis. And by the way, Bill, have you noticed Fox is on a full court press right now to sell the world DeSantis? They, he, they want DeSantis out there in the uh, role as presidential candidate. And I don't know DeSantis. DeSantis. Really? Do you? I don't know him either, but I do know this. He's had a great
2: state with a you know a good uh, slate of things going the right way. But while he's sitting here basking in all that glory and going, well, you know, my poll numbers are this and that. And I'm doing pretty good. The simple fact is some bad things are starting to happen in Florida. They had, uh, you know, train derailments there. They're having things happen because they got some blue mixed into that red state. Yeah. And they're going to destroy it for him before he ever gets to get make it to uh, the ballot box and have people vote for him. DeSantis better sit there and back up a little bit and do his homework. And by the way, the recent numbers out this week yeah have Trump leaps and bounds ahead of DeSantis. So you know these rhinos yep. they better get focused you know and we need to sit there and let's let's go with the horse that's going to get us to the finish line. And we're not doing We're We're a divided you
1: know, yeah. party. You know, uh, DeSantis is always throwing out in, in, in interviews, well, I won by the highest margin in the history of Florida. He doesn't mean squat. Well, what he doesn't say is that he got the endorsement of Trump. And, and when he got the endorsement of Trump, Trump carried him up. Trump, he was having a hard time at one point. I think it was during yeah. his first candidacy, and uh, he needed help. And Trump came along and endorsed this guy, and all of a sudden he had the support of MAGA country. And right. it, it brought him over the finish line. But he doesn't talk about that anymore. He only talks about his achievements. But, and again, when somebody is endorsed, essentially, by George Soros and Jeb Bush, it you gotta pull over to the side of the road and think about it for a second, okay? And that's what's essentially has happened with DeSantis.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at a story that just popped up in my screen, uh-huh. and it was a thought that I had yesterday because remember yesterday we'll go to Fetterman just for a second here. Uh-huh. Fetterman, you know the things is he's brain dead. You know what what's going on. The Republicans in P.A. are saying, you know, come out and make a public statement. Yeah. Let us see that you're OK. Right. And now late yesterday they came out and they they showed a bill that was introduced by a Republican and co-authored by Fetterman. And it's the Railroad Safety Whatever Act. Yeah. So that we don't have any more disasters. And, you know, my first thought was, well, that's great. But how, how did he write that and co-author that when he's... Been he didn't. sick and in a hospital. Yeah, yeah, And then here it is, you know, uh, chief of staff, InstaBlox uh, reporter who asked uh, how senator can sponsor bills while being held incommunicado for two weeks in psych ward. So, you know, they didn't think about that when they released that story. You know, they're, they're, they're dancing rather. right
1: now, Bill. They're dancing big time uh, in the Fetterman offices. They're trying desperately to keep him relevant and yeah. to, to keep the press away from what really happened to him. Uh, one of the stories that came out, and we talked about this before, was, was a terrible story. It said he was brain dead, a- and they haven't denied that story. And the only reason why it gives you pause when you hear that story is that the first uh, reaction by the wife, Giselle, was to, grab the passports, and go to Canada, go to Niagara Falls with the kids. Why would she take the kids and go to Niagara Falls, Canada, and get away from everything for private time when dad, when hubby was at Walter Reed uh, being cared for?
2: So you can tell the kids, kids, daddy's very sick, and he most likely is not coming back. That is the conversation. That's what happens. The family gets alerted when Dad's in the hospital in dire straits. Yeah, you know, then that, that, that word goes down, and
1: you know, that's what happens. You see, who else is in the hospital uh, in dire straits? Uh, Tom Sizemore, the actor. Uh, he had a he had a I believe a stroke uh, about a week and a half ago, and uh, he's been unconscious. And now they're they're saying that he's not coming back. He's not coming out of it. Uh, they've alerted the family to start making uh, end of life plans. Uh, yeah. He was a good actor. He was, if you don't remember who Tom Sizemore was, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He played a sergeant in Saving mm-hmm. Private Ryan. Ryan, a good actor. He, ha- he had a kind of a, a, a screwed up personal life, um, got into drugs at one point, and right. uh, he's had some difficulty in. You know, you wonder he got caught up in that Hollywood uh, uh, fast track, and that can that can literally kill you. That can li- I think at one point his either his second wife or his living girlfriend was Heidi Fleiss. Do you remember who Heidi Fleiss was? Yes. Yeah, the uh, L.A. madam, the Hollywood madam. mm Hmm. So, uh, go ahead, Bill.
2: No I was just going to say you get into that fast track world uh and, and you you start to think you're superman you really do or superwoman yep, you're right and and you're not and even if you sit there 10 years go by and you look back and go damn I was a lucky s o b you may not be as lucky as you think you were because somewhere down the road yeah the damage was done and you're gonna pay for it. Something. I I'm not saying you're not gonna live no, a ripe old
1: age. The first thing you just said was one of the first things I thought of when I heard that it, this happened to him. Was the guy was into drugs, heavy drug use, and you wonder whether that damaged him, that hurt him uh, later on in life, whether it weakened him, whether it caused, whether it contributed to the uh, the stroke.
5: Well,
2: well, it probably did. I mean, you know, that he was probably doing coke a lot of it, you know, and and that stuff you know the 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 people that get it they go okay I got an eight ball of coke I want to make some money on this so they cut it they cut it with what baby formula yeah. vitamin b or something like that they cut it and they cut it down so you're you know, they're not only sniffing the drug you're sniffing something else now keep in mind coke used to be legal in the United States the men they back in the the old western days and when the women were out on the prairie keeping the you know keeping the ranch uh, at Bay, you know, they had Coke in their snuff, but it was a different Coke than what you get today. But either way, you're producing those endorphins that make you yeah. feel good, and life is not a problem. Well, what happens is you drain those endorphins, and then you need more Coke, and then you need more Coke. And then who knows, it might be another drug like heroin, which is what, you know, uh, yeah. or opium or something like that. It is a bad, vicious cycle that you get yourself into
1: because
2: you want to keep that high going.
1: Bill, you're not too far from the Lehigh Valley International Airport. I mean, you're like an hour away, Lehigh Valley is? Probably about an hour and ten minutes, max. Um, An explosive device was found in a checked piece of luggage at Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley International Airport on Monday, according to a criminal complaint. Uh, A passenger from Len. Lansford, Pennsylvania, is now in FBI custody. The device hidden in the bag lining was a circular compound about three inches in diameter that had two fuses and powder concealed in wax paper and plastic wrap, according to the criminal complaint. The mere fact that it was hidden in the bag's lining, obviously, the guy, it wasn't an accident. This guy was intentionally trying to get this on an airplane. Uh, Wow. Can you imagine being... It, it, yeah, I was just going to say, if you're trying to think where Lehigh
2: Valley Airport would be, just look at Allentown on a map. If you see Allentown, that would be the airport. Uh, it's right there, right off the the highway, yeah. and um, I, I've flown through it before.
1: You know, you hear about people who would, who get caught trying to, well, I say trying to, they they find a gun in the luggage and they'll say, oh, I, I didn't know it was there, I forgot I put it there, or... I don't know how you forget you put a gun in your luggage, but some people seem to do that a lot. I I don't know whatever happens to them, whether they just get kicked out of the airport or whether they're arrested, but when you put a bomb in the lining of your luggage, there's intent. Uh, I would imagine he's in serious trouble, this guy. You would think he would be.
2: I I would think he'd be in serious trouble with a gun, too, unless you've got some kind of you know, license that, that means that you can carry something like that on the plane. Uh, you should be in deep hot water and that gun is no longer yours.
1: Yeah. Interesting thing uh, yesterday. Did you hear about the, uh, the hearings with the uh, attorney general Merrick Garland? He had a bad day yesterday. He really did because they were all over him. They were over yeah. him. They were over him like a fly on manure, as they would say. It was uh, a bad day. Um, I got a couple of cuts. First, uh, a little bit from Ted Cruz cross-examining Merrick Garland. Listen.
5: I sent 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. Def- me- you, has
0: the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes, no question. It's not a g- give a speech on the other things you did.
5: The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives so of the, the answer ju- is no. It's to defend the lives of the justices, and that's our number one priority. They have full- Why are you
0: unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no, I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As
5: far as I know, we haven't, and what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so how do 70 you decide, U.S. marshals. How
0: do you decide which criminal statutes the, the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't?
5: The United States Marshals Know that they have full uh, know,
0: I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want How to How do sp- you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't?
5: The marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense? The
0: marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you, the attorney general, make a determination, and you spent 20 years as a judge, and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives... And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift to another
5: is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you, you cannot. General, you have
0: refused to answer
5: the question. I am question. answering your question. The how attorney general choose, does not uh, decide whether to arrest. How did you
0: choose not to, not to enforce this statute?
5: The marshals on the marshals scene. marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute
0: arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't.
5: If they make an arrest. Uh, make a marshals r- do
0: not if, have prosecution. If they make an arrest, right, then it goes to the Let's change topics because our, our time is limited.
1: Wow. <laughs> that was good. A little piece. That was yesterday. Ted Cruz, uh, he really really was getting in it. But that wasn't all. Oh, I
2: know. Then, I a lot of things
1: happened yesterday. Yeah, then there was Senator Josh Hawley. Listen.
6: Attorney General Garland, l- let me just ask you. D- does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias?
5: Our department um, is uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have... Uh, any a bias against any religion of any kind.
6: Well, you could have surprised me, because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith, while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang-style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state, Your answer, frankly, surprises me. Let's talk about the Mark Hout case, for example. You've been asked about this already today, and frankly, your answers really astound me. This is a case where a Catholic pro-life demonstrator, father, was accused of disorderly conduct in front of an abortion center. The local prosecutor, the Philadelphia district attorney, who is a Democrat, a liberal, very progressive, declined to prosecute. There was a private suit that got dismissed And then after all of that, your Justice Department sent between 20 and 30 armed agents in the early morning hours to the Houck's private residence to arrest this guy after he had offered to turn himself in voluntarily. Here's the photo. Once again, you can see the long guns. You can see the ballistic shields. You can see that they're wearing bulletproof vests. Why did the Justice Department do this? Why did you send 20 to 30 SWAT-style agents and a SWAT-style team to this guy's house when everybody else had declined to prosecute and he'd offered to turn himself in?
5: Determinations of how to make arrests under arrest warrants are made based uh, by the tactical operators um, in the uh, district.
6: They are not- but you surely looked into it by this point, right? They- you, you know the answer
5: surely they uh, all i know is what uh, the fbi has said which is that they made decisions on the ground as to what was safest and easiest so you do not agree with your description of what happened on the scene you don't agree
6: with my description i'm pointing out what the photo is there are agents here who have long guns and ballistic shields let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your justice department sent these armed agents to go terrorize on that morning here they are here they are at mass Okay. Here's the seven children with Mr. Hauk and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Hauk has said repeatedly, the children were screaming. They feared for their lives. You've got these agents demanding that he come out. They've got the gun, she said, pointing at the house and at them. He has offered to turn himself in. And this is who you go to to terrorize. What's really interesting to me is this seems to directly contradict your own memorandum about the use of force at the Justice Department. You say officers may use only the force that is objectively reasonable to effectively control an incident. Are you telling me that in your opinion as Attorney General, it was objectively necessary to use 20 or 30 SWAT style agents with long guns and ballistic shields? For these people
5: what i'm saying is that decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by fbi agents. so you're saying you don't know i'm i'm saying what i just said
6: Which is that you're abdicating responsibility?
5: I'm not abdicating responsibility.
6: Then give me the answer. Is do you think, in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States? You are in charge of the Justice Department, and yes, sir, you are responsible. So
5: give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your. I'm
6: not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable, and they followed your guidelines? In sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people, yes or no?
5: The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe.
6: What? That the children weren't there? That there wasn't? That there weren't long guns there? That facts. there weren't agents? What wasn't? What? What do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? The FBI Be specific. I said
5: they don't agree with your description. Of be specific, um, they don't agree with what? Of, of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Do you know That's the jury
6: in this case acquitted Mr. Hauck? So I'm sure you're aware. Do you know how long it took him? I, I am aware, and we respect the decision of the jury. Do you know how long it took him? I don't know. One hour. One hour. Philadelphia district attorney declines to prosecute, the private suits dismissed. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long long guns and assault style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children, happy to. And then you haul them into court and a jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest to you that that is a disgraceful performance by your Justice Department and a disgraceful use of resources. I notice a pattern though. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their their language, including those who favor the Latin mass Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country?
5: Well, the Justice Department does not do that. It does not um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you, have. you do to have. It's appalling. It? It's appalling. I'm in complete agreement with you. I understand that the FBI has withdrawn it and is now looking into how this could ever have happened. How did it happen? But that's what they're looking into. But I'm totally in agreement with you. That document is appalling.
6: I'll tell you how it happened. The, this memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligence, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left-wing advocacy groups? to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening?
5: The FBI is not targeting Catholics, and, and as I've said, this is an, uh, an inappropriate memorandum, and it doesn't reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using, should not be relying on any single organization without doing its own work.
6: Let me just ask you, as my time expires here, a very direct question. How, how many informants do you have in Catholic churches across America?
5: I don't know. And I don't believe we have any informants aimed at Catholic churches. We have a rule against uh, investigations based on First Amendment um, activity and uh, uh, Catholic churches are obviously uh, First Amendment. I, well, but uh, I don't know the specific answer
6: to you, it. You don't know the specifics of anything, it seems. But apparently, on your watch, this Justice Department is targeting Catholics, targeting people of faith, specifically for their faith views. And Mr. Attorney General, I'll just say to you, it's a disgrace.
1: How many informants do you have in the Catholic churches? And he tap-danced. I don't know. Yeah.
2: He, I don't know. He, taps, he tap-danced. He no, was, he said, I don't know, and yeah. then he tried to cover that up by saying I don't know means yeah we got him
1: yeah I couldn't tell you how many but uh kind of well, an amazing I don't know the
2: number but yeah yeah yeah
1: a terrible yeah. response from this guy you know people people are saying things like I'm surprised that the FBI would be doing this I I I'm not surprised and I'll tell you why I'm not surprised I mean I go back to when I was a kid and uh, before that, you know, it was run by a guy named J. Edgar Hoover. He was the guy who, quote, founded the FBI. And mm. this is a guy who lived a lie his whole life. Uh, he was a cross-dresser. Yeah. Uh, he had... around, women's underwear. His chief aide, and he was an agent. His chief agent at the FBI was his live-in lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... and But he kept it... A secret. He would he would spend his free time at home, like you said, dressed dress in women's clothes, and uh, but during the daytime, he had his people put together files on just about every politician in Washington, and if they didn't follow his lead on just about everything, he could make life miserable for these people, including, by the way, presidents like John Kennedy. And people like uh, Bobby Kennedy, he had the files on all of them. He could tell you who they were dating, who they were seeing, who uh, snuck into the White House and visited the president. Uh, He he had it all. Uh, Makes
2: you wonder uh, the character of, uh, uh, well, obviously you know of J. Edgar Hoover, but, you know, based on what he was... Yeah. It makes you wonder the character of, uh, well, maybe a lot of people that are like him. Well, you know, uh, he, but, you know, that, that gets into I, that, uh, you know, identity thing, and I don't even want to get here's into the, thing, the psychological though. profile.
1: Here's the thing, Bill. Um, don't think for one second that when J. Edgar Hoover died it stopped because I don't think it did. Mm-hmm. I just think it continued on, the same kind of thing. They kept making their files. Uh, they probably have files today on just about everything and everybody. Anybody who is against what they want, they probably have a file on them. Uh, but
2: doesn't they, that remind you of a lot of, pe- of people in a political party now? You don't like what we have to say? Viva change that. You know, they it's their their way or the highway. It's only their way. There's no opposing view, mm-hmm. and they will shut you down. So you got to wonder, during his time there— did he get more like-minded people in more ways than one uh, into uh, the the inner works workings of Washington?
1: I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. He probably muscled people, and there were probably people who were who were directors in subsequent years after Hoover died, who were uh, essentially his heirs because. He nurtured their careers, you know. Uh, They they did what. So you got a culture of people. I guess I'm trying to
2: delicately say you got a culture of people that had certain, you know, you could say stereotypes, whatever. And it would kind of go to, you know, look at the way things are going so woke and everything now, and explain even the Biden administration. You know, this has been building for a while.
1: Yeah. You know, um, probably not a good thing to say, but yeah. they've had incredible PR for decades. For oh, example, yeah. when I was a kid, Efren Zimbalist Jr. Uh, hosted a TV show called The FBI, a, yes, Quinn, yes. a Quinn Martin mm-hmm. production. You know, that show, which was uh, a big show, top 10 show, was nothing more than a promotional piece for the FBI. People it would was. say. People would say, "Oh boy, they get a lot of cooperation from the FBI. They should. But they're getting millions of dollars worth of PR, and mm-hmm. it, it hasn't stopped." I still watch because I like dramas and stuff like that. I still end up watching three shows on one night: FBI, uh, FBI Most Wanted, and FBI International.
2: All three are on. shows. I used to. Uh, yeah, we used to watch that. And uh, we would watch Ironside, you know, because
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's ironic because uh, I'm not trying to hobnob or anything like that. I didn't know him personally, but I did meet Efren because he had a home in Fresno where I grew up and uh, in, the, he, in the Fig Garden area. And then also, uh, you know, Raymond Burr, you know, had some dealings down in Louisiana and I worked in Cajun country, too. So, you know, you run across these guys
1: when you're in the media. What's interesting is they're totally different when you when you meet them in fer, in oh, person. Yeah. For instance, you know you think you're going to meet the head of the FBI and you find out he's just an actor. <laughs> he's just an actor. Um, I uh, we could go on and on. I don't want I don't want, yeah, I don't want don't get to get off track there. here. Um, Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, she was in the middle of a a conference, a caucus meeting uh, yesterday, and sitting right next to her was. Uh, Gabriel Sterling, uh, the current chief operating officer in the uh, Georgia Secretary of State's office. Right. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you would think by looking at them that they were buddies. because He's sitting right next to her. But she turns to him and she nails this guy uh, verbally about the 2020 election. And uh, it's uh, the audio isn't great, but try... Try lean in a little, lean into the radio a bit to listen to this one because it's worth it.
3: Laurel, thank you very much for your expertise on, expertise on this issue. Gabe, I do not consider you an expert on this issue. As a matter of fact, I consider you a major problem, and here's why. My ex-husband showed up to vote in person in the 2020 general election and was told he already voted. And they said, you, Mr. Green, you have voted absentee ballot. And he said, no, I haven't. I never requested one. I never filled one out. I never sent it in. And he had to sign a form, surrendering a ballot he never voted on and never sent in, in order to vote in person. Now, that complaint got largely ignored. No one listened. We reported it in the news. We reported it at Secretary, Secretary of State's office, we reported it constantly, and no one gave a shit about what happened to him. But guess what, it wasn't just him. There were many, many people that reported the same issue, not just in Floyd County, but all over the state. And I want to tell you something else. For you to say there were no dead voters in Georgia, yeah, no, that, no, no. Is, that is, there was, there was thousands of dead voters in Georgia. Yeah, and then so. and then the other thing is, you have constantly shilled up for this election. And I'm gonna tell you, it's it, there was blatant outright fraud in the 2020 election. Complete and total fraud, you know it. You absolutely do know it. And I'm gonna follow up with one more thing. I know you don't like for me to say that, but I am convinced that he did. I'm born and raised in Georgia, lived there all my life, campaigned all over the state in the 2020 election, and to to come in here for the Election Integrity Caucus and for you to be on the panel, it's actually insulting to Election Integrity because I think you did a horrific job for the state of Georgia, and I can't believe that our tax dollars have to pay you to run our election system. You were formerly a Georgia uh, state employee, and then you got to be a contractor during the election. Well, I, I think that was, that. I don't i don't know why that happened and no one else got picked, but somehow we ended up with you. But there were massive problems. In the recount in Floyd County, they recovered over, I think it was over 2,000 votes for Trump in the hand recount. Floyd County is a tiny little county, teeny tiny little county. To, to recover over 2,000 votes for Trump in a hand recount is outrageous. And then we have the whole catastrophe of, suitcases coming out from under the table, videos of them rescanning uh, stacks of ballots, all of this went on, but the Secretary of State's office said, oh, flawless election in the state of Georgia in 2020. I, I, and it's not, I'm sorry, it's not. And I hate to tell you, but there are many Georgians, and I'm one of them, that have no faith in our election system in Georgia, and I'm still upset about it. So the fact that I get to come in here for election integrity caucus, thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you, Claudia, but this I don't find any election
1: integrity here. i got to tell you, you have to applaud that little lady. She has got, as they would say, chutzpah. She has got chutzpah. Uh, she nailed this guy for essentially throwing the election uh, against Trump. Uh, yeah. And, you know, people have... Gotten to a point where they they look at anybody who denies that the election in 2020 was legit, uh, they look at them like, oh, the mainstream media says it was legit. No, no, no. The mainstream media is part of the problem. Okay. Well,
2: the mainstream media says exactly what they tell them to say. So well, we got to identify. But what they, is they do the it enthusiastically,
1: block? Bill. They do it enthusiastically. They are cheerleaders. They're not passive supporters. They get out there and they they knock anybody who denies that the election was legit in twenty twenty. Oh, you're one of them. You're an election denier. I mean look what happens by the way, if we if we were to run this show right now on YouTube, which yeah, is well, they, yeah, they owned by oh, Google.
2: Back. Yeah, they would Google would sit there and send a, a notice that says it's Miss information yeah because we're denying the election it's our opinion you're right. not allowed to have an opinion and which is interesting because the fact that we deny the election you know and you say no no the the election is fact it's never been proven one way or the other so you in effect when you say no the election stands that's an opinion of yours based on What you were told by
1: the Schumers and whatnot. Speaking of Schumers, you know, right now he's a little upset with Fox News. He wants, he's gotten up there and used his bully pulpit, Chuck Schumer from New York, uh, trying to uh, intimidate Fox News and get them to silence, put a muzzle on Tucker Carlson. Mm hmm. You know, (laughs) silence. It's amazing. Uh,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. He he wants them to, uh, you know, stop spreading the big lie. And if you saw the uh, publicity photo for it, which is something I took offense to, because they show him there, and in the backdrop, it looks like they got the Constitution. All right? In the background. I could be wrong because it's blurred, but if that's the Constitution, Mm -hmm. gee, isn't he the one that's been wanting to do away with the Constitution for years saying these these conservative judges, they do whatever the Constitution says to do. Right. We have to end that. He wants to do away with the Constitution. But it's a good thing in the backdrop when he wants to get what he
1: wants. And it's, it's very convenient for them to forget what they, what they swear to when they take the oath of office. They all swear to support the what? The Constitution. Constitution.
2: Yeah, well, that gets back to that Brunson case, which we're still waiting to see what goes on with that. Yeah, it's lingering out there. It did it it was denied, came back, denied, came back. And yeah. they're gonna hear it. But um if that does happen.
1: And nothing, uh, by the way, Bill in mainstream media.
2: Nothing. No, they're not gonna talk about it because if they if the, the Supreme Court rules based on just the raw facts, because that's really all the case is, they made a mistake when they sat there and they were told to do their job, mm-hmm. and that was just to investigate it. So all they had to do. They were constitutionally bound and by their oath, and they didn't do it. And that means they breached. You know, they they, they committed treason by not doing it. It was an interesting tactic, but you know, by three musicians, you got to wonder know, why. It. You
1: got to wonder why. Nothing in the media at all. I mean, we saw two stories, uh, and they came out on a Sunday. And nothing on a Monday, nothing on a Tuesday, nothing Wednesday. Here it is, uh, Thursday, still quiet, still crickets. Uh, You wonder whether the Supreme Court issued a request to the press asking them to uh, put a lid on this until they uh, do something with it because they don't need to have uh, mobs on the front lawn of the, the Supreme Court.
0: Well, what do
2: politicians do behind closed doors? They make deals, right? Yeah, all the time. I mean, look at Fauci. Now, Fauci's back in the news because everything going on that was revealed that, it, the, you know, the COVID was a leak in Wuhan. Ooh. Fauci, you know, everything that he said was a lie leading yeah. up to and after. And now, you know, because you, you had all these congressmen and everything, They were you know, they were blasting Fauci. And then one time they sat down with Fauci behind closed doors. And then they came back and said, no, 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 he didn't do anything wrong. As a matter of fact, he got more funding and more money from these guys, and now they're sitting there holding the same bag of poop that he is because it was all a lie. Yeah, I mean, Fauci was part of something that was evil and something that was politicized and mechanized and used against the American public. And they like that control. Power is what they want, and if they can keep you in a mask and afraid,
1: and what's interesting, do Bill, it. is you, you you think it's money when you when you're not a rich person, you think well it, maybe it's the money they want the money, but in Washington it seems that the money comes pretty quickly. You, you know, a lot of these guys get the money and okay, they're set, and you would think mm-hmm. that would be enough, but it isn't the money. They've got the money up front. I mean, this guy Fauci was the highest paid uh, employee in the federal government. Highest paid. He got paid more than the president. I think he got paid like over $400,000 a year because right. he was in office for 40 years. But so he had all the money he, he could ever use. It's the power. It's yes, the it It's the drug of power that they love.
2: Now, this is not meant to be a funny sideline. It's really not. But it came out yesterday, a warning from the CDC, because you know COVID had us all running around wearing masks. Right. And some people still do. I know. And there were shots for it and everything. But a new drug-resistant stomach bug has been, uh, the CDC is warning about it. Oh, I kid you not. It's called the Shigella outbreak. And basically what it is, it's pretty much uncontrollable diarrhea.
1: Wow. That'll kill you. Seriously. <laughs> no, yes. that'll kill you. Oh, my God. Intensely gosh. drug resistant. So, I
2: mean, you know, if you're walking along and you got a little rumbled in your tummy, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to just say, not going to chance it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how uh, How do they take care of it? How do you know? This? No, how do they? No, I know, I know how you know. <laughs> but how do, you, how do they uh, take care of it? If they... They say it's it's resistant to, to drugs. Do you just have to kind of live through it?
2: I really don't know. this This was announced yesterday. It, the shigella virus. They would I'm have. They would have. They would have. So comic. They
1: would have given more details, but the the person who was the spokesman had to leave the stage quickly. Yeah, <laughs> he had to go change his diaper.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're gonna oh. have us in masks. And a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: Oh, my gosh. You got to laugh, friends. You got to laugh, really. Um,
2: No, it is true. It's the Shigella. S-H-I-G-E-L-L-A. The outbreak. You'll
1: do the Shigella if you get it. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Holy Uh, moly. Uh, Uh, I got to tell you something else. Uh, (laughs) I got another audio clip I want to play. This guy here, he's from Canada. He's the... uh, head of a company called Canadian uh, Alibaba, I believe it's called. Canadian Alibaba. He was speaking recently at a uh, conference with the people from the WEF, World Mm -hmm. Economic Forum, you know, Klaus Schwab and his gang. And he was talking about something they're working on. I want you to listen to this.
0: We're developing through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on.
1: Okay, wait a second now. He's, He's billing this as something for consumers to track all of these different things. No, 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 no. It's not going to be for the consumer to track all of these little things. It's going to be for Big Brother to track all of those things that you're doing with your, your what you're eating and what where you are and uh, what you're drinking and when you're drinking it. Hey. So,
2: where do you take this? Are you going to be like a smokestack to... Uh, a factory to where they're gonna measure your carbon footprints. So yeah, go, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Harrington. You, you, you uh, yeah, using far you, too. You much- went over your carbon units. Uh, we're gonna have to tax you some more. No,
1: you know what they'll probably do? They'll probably say, "Okay, we're gonna have to. Cork hi- in it? We're gonna have to hibernate you for about three months. Uh, what we do when we hibernate you is we put you in a uh, a little enclosure and we you go to sleep and you we lower your respiratory your breathing. So you're breathing gently, you're not emitting a lot of carbon, and uh, you you have to pay for all of that extra carbon you used when you were active. You know, we, we laugh at stuff like this. It sounds like science fiction. But, you know, down the road, these people are aiming at doing stuff like this,
2: controlling so, uh, in every words, aspect
1: of your, of your life.
2: So, in other words, you uh, you go home after work, you you take your little protein pills, and then you go to your sleep chamber, and you go to sleep, and it will wake you up when it's time to, you know, uh, get dressed and go to work. And then you go work, and you work your day, and then you go home and take your little protein pills and go back to your sleep chamber. Yes. Well, that's a life. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It really c- Unless cuts. Unless you get the Shigella it, virus. It, cuts, and into, it in cuts
1: into your TV watching, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it
2: really does. You Holy. get that Shigella virus, too. It's oh, that'll do you it, so you too. Can...
1: Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, Hey, listen, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868.
2: Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also mail at crnamerica.com. And there's you sharing uh, this program with your friends. Yes. I think it was a darn good show today, and I think you ought to share it because there's a lot of information there, some uh, passionate stuff at the front, and... uh, a new pandemic at the end.
1: Ooh, yes. The Shigala? It really, it really is the end. It's the, it's, the, it's the Shigala? It sounds like a dance. And I think you're probably doing that when you're trying to get some relief. Well, you don't, yeah, but dance gingerly, okay? Because, you know, never mind. Hey, let's leave with a little dance music, huh?
0: If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? <laughs> Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cut a weight coat, perfect fits. <laughs> Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. and <laughs> Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or Rumbarellas in their midst.
1: The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said.
4: From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times.
1: I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about It's Another Day. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?